Last week I ended the sermon with the benediction from Ephesians 5.14. Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And if you have wanted something to memorize for when you first wake up in the morning, that's a good verse. Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, you lazy bum, and Christ will shine on you. Can you say it with me? Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. It's a great prayer for when you wake up. Waking up is sometimes wonderful. It's amazing, that feeling of a new day is coming. You got your job to look forward to, or you have some fun project to look forward to. You have nice weather ahead of you. You have good health, all those things. But sometimes waking up is really difficult. Anyone ever been there where it's cold and wet outside and you got a job that you got to go to and drudge through the day? Or you're feeling sick, you're not feeling well, you just don't even want to get up. You're not sick enough to stay home, but you're sick enough to just want to stay home. Or you may have some broken relationships that you don't want to have to face. Waking up can be hard to do. Anyone ever been there? Mary Magdalene woke up one morning and the Bible says that it was still dark when she woke up. What a hard day to wake up because a few days earlier, her friend Jesus, her teacher, her Lord, had died. And when he had died, they put him in the tomb and they weren't even able to prepare the body properly. So she thought, I'm going to go there. I'm going to put spices on his body. And so she walked alone, as, one, as the Gospel of John says, she got there alone. And she noticed something odd. She looked and the tomb was empty. The stone was rolled away. And she had that dropping feeling in her stomach that you find when you find out something terrible. She rushed back to the disciples. She probably woke Peter up abruptly. You love getting waking up like that, just out of nowhere. Wake up, wake up, come see this. So he hopped out of bed, he ran, and John ran with him. And John says, I got there first. When they got to the tomb, it sure enough was empty. And Peter went inside and found one more thing that was extra odd. The linen was folded up very nicely, as if somebody woke up and made their bed. He thought that's strange. And so he and John both went back. But Mary stayed there in the garden, weeping, crying. What a terrible day. Things couldn't get worse. And then a voice spoke to her, saying, Women, why are you crying? And she said, They've taken away the Lord. They put his body somewhere. If you know where it is, would you tell me where it is? And then she turned around and noticed there was a man there. She didn't realize it was Jesus. She just thought it was the gardener. Now, isn't it funny that the beginning of new creation begins in a garden, whereas the beginning of creation itself also began in a garden? Adam and Eve had everything in the garden. Everything was good, and they were deceived by the serpent to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and he said, if you eat of this, you will come alive. You'll come awake. Your eyes will be opened. 
and you will know good from evil yourself. So sure enough, they took and they ate it. And what happened was exactly what the serpent said. Their eyes were opened. In a way, they woke up. But what did they awake to? It says they woke up, or they, their eyes were opened, and they realized that they were naked. They weren't wearing any clothes. Now, did anything change about their appearance? No. What changed was their perspective. They noticed they were naked. They were awakened to the reality that they were exposed, they were lost, that they were in sin. And so they tried to cover it up with leaves. And everything they did to cover up wasn't not good enough. So God provided skins for them to cover them properly. And he sent them out of the garden. That's the beginning of creation and the fall of humanity. But then here in the, in the new garden... Here comes Jesus, risen from the dead, speaking, Woman, why are you crying? And she said, Just tell me where he is. And the risen Lord spoke something wonderful. Just like he spoke all things into existence, he spoke her name. He said, Mary. And at that moment, her eyes were opened. And she clung to his knees, clung to his feet, clung to his coat, whatever she did. She was clinging to Jesus so much so that Jesus said, don't hold on to me. Let me go. I have to go to the Father. I want you to go and tell my brothers, the disciples. So she went after she, Jesus pried her off of her with a crowbar. And she went and told the disciples. And here is her testimony. I have seen the Lord. Now what a crazy testimony that is. If any of you came here running this morning out of breath saying, I have seen the Lord, as much as we believe that Christ is risen from the dead, we would also say, uh, are you sure? I don't know about that. Her testimony is, I have seen the Lord. And why would we say, I don't know about that? Is because we have the world's perspective. And here's the world's perspective. The world's perspective on life is that every human story ends in death. Every human story ends in death. No matter how grand the story, no matter how grim the story, and we love to hear the grand stories, we cry about the grim stories, but even the grand stories we cry when it comes to an end. And so every human story ends in death. That's the world's perspective. But here's the gospel's effect on the story is that Christ is risen from the dead and we too share in his resurrection. Amen? Christ is risen, and so are we. Which means that our story doesn't end in death, but our story ends in life or continues in life. Death becomes a period. Death becomes a comma. Death becomes the end of one chapter, but it's not over. There's another chapter to come. Death is just the intermission, and there's a second act to come. What a wonderful thing that is. Now we think that you can either be awake or you can be asleep. Is there an in-between? I, I think there is. We call it sleepwalking 
when I was a kid, I would sleepwalk. I would wake, I would get out of my bed, my eyes would be open, I would not be looking at anything, and my sister said she would follow me around the house, and I would go downstairs in the kitchen, sometimes I would open the fridge, sometimes I'd just walk up to the sink and the sink. Just hit my phone over. And when I was really little, about five years old, I would sleepwalk and I'd go to the bathroom. This is a little bit embarrassing. And I'd walk in the bathroom and I'd start going to the bathroom as people do in the middle of the night. And my mom said, she would wake up my dad and she said, oh, is somebody peeing in the wastebasket again? <laughs> At least I was peeing somewhere. Can a pastor say that on an Easter sermon? I was sleepwalking. And sleepwalking is an interesting phenomenon where you are, your body is moving, but there's no rational thought. There's a bunch of crazy movements. You are, it appears to be awake, but indeed you are what? Asleep. And the danger for us as Christians is that we could think we're awake when actually we're just sleepwalking. Walking through life, going about our duties without even thinking about what's going on, maybe even having the world's perspective that everything ends in death, even though there is this one story that we think we might believe, I hope it's true. Have you ever been sleepwalking or ever been lulled to sleep? Perhaps this pandemic has made you a sleepwalker. And I know many of you have, may have questioned, do I even need church? I hope you're probably thinking, yes, I do need church. But here's why you need a community of people who encourage you and love you and support you and pray for you and walk with you and you disciple people and they disciple you. This is why we need people. We need each other to stay awake because the perspectives of this world will lull us to sleep. We have the greatest message in human history. Christ has died. Christ has risen. And Christ will come again. In 2006, my grandfather died. I got a call. I was working at a camp in, at Somerset Beach, Michigan. And with this, all these kids around, I was worshiping with them in the, in the session. And then I got a tap on my shoulder. It was Kyle Luke. He said, come here. Uh, and I, I was like, okay, I can, I can come here. And I'm probably just getting a message about what's next, what to do. He said, you need to call your mom. And I thought, uh-oh. And I called my mom and she told me that my grandfather had a fatal heart attack. And I didn't even register with me what the word fatal meant. I just said, is he okay? And she said, no, fatal. And I thought, oh no, he died. And so I remember just walking out on the hill alone while everyone was away. I could have some quiet time on this hill. And it was a beautiful day like this, just crying out to God, asking him, will you please be near me? This hurts so much. And like many of you, you've lost a loved one in your life, maybe long ago, maybe recently. And it hurts to hear those words they have died.
And when someone comes up to you and say, well, Christ is risen, we'll see him again, sometimes it hurts so much that even those words don't help. Then we have the church, we have the community of people who are rooted in this story and in the grieving process we're supported, we're loved, we're helped, we're encouraged. And we can come to a place where we say, Jesus, I trust you. I trust that you will see me through this time. I trust that you will raise us from the dead. Death is a common human experience, but it's not the end of the story. Lazarus, Jesus' friend, was sick and he died. And Jesus was late getting to there. He could have saved him, but he didn't. He allowed him to die. When Jesus arrived to the place in Bethany, Mary and Martha both said to Jesus, where have you been? You could have saved him. And with Martha, Jesus said to her, Martha, your brother will rise again. And she said with her right theology, I know that he will rise again in the last day. She wasn't asleep, she was awake. But she also didn't see what was right in front of her. And Jesus looked her in the eye and said, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever believes in me will never die. And he asked her this question, do you believe this? And she said, yes, Lord, I believe this. And so Jesus said, I want to go to the tomb. And so they took him to the tomb and he began to weep because he saw all the people weeping. When he got to the tomb, he said, I want you to remove the stone. And they said, Jesus, I don't think you want to do that because if you remove the stone, there will be a great stench coming out of it. He's been dead for four days. You could have been here. He said, no, remove the stone. So as they removed the stone, of course, the smell came out, but then Jesus spoke this word. And what's the word? Lazarus, come out. And the dead body raised and walked out. And he said, remove the grave clothes. And they removed the grave clothes. And there was a great party and celebration. And the smell didn't smell like dead bodies anymore. It just smelled like Easter lilies. And if you come forward this morning you, to see the Easter lilies, you'll smell exactly what it smells like. There's no death, but there's life. And this is exactly how we know. This is exactly how we know how to wake up. This is how we wake up. Jesus Christ calls us by our name. Joel, awake. Dorothy, awake. Nate, awake. Trinity, awake. It's your birthday, I had to say your name. Ernest, awake. Walter, I met you today, awake. Tim, wake up. That's how you come to Christ. This Christ who knows you by name, who loves you, who died specifically for you, calls out to you by name to rise up, O sleeper.
Wake up, Ryan. Rise from the dead. And not only that, we're awakened to life right now. And someday we're going to be on our deathbed and be saying these words, Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. And when that moment comes of death, it will be like a twinkling of an eye where we will see the Lord as he is coming and he will call us by name out of our grave. Now, I have no clue what that's going to be like, but I know it's going to be awesome. He's going to call me by my name, JD. Wake up. And I'm going to see you we're going to embrace. We're going to celebrate. You're going to see each other. You're going to say to each other, I knew you could be like this. Look at you. You're glorious. You're not rude anymore. No, I'm just kidding. Wake up, O oh sleeper. Rise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. You are a people who have the most hope in the world. May you share that good news that Christ is risen with everybody. Be tender. Be generous. Be loving. And be full of life and full of truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Lord, for rising from the dead. Amen. Let's sing together. Christ is risen from the dead. Come awake. Come awake.